Um, but like I was telling uh, Jet, I have been listening to you guys since literally before I started podcasting. It was Adventure Zone, uh, Glass Cannon, Opti's show, and then y'all's. And I've literally been... Oh my gosh. Yeah. That... <laughs> so this is literally... I don't normally get like fangirly or nervous about things. This has actually been like keeping me kind of edged all day because I had oh sinless this morning and then y'all today and I'm like, all right, I'll try to game and get my mind off of it now. No, okay. not at all. Well, first of all, Sid and I are probably two of the most easygoing people you will ever speak to, period. True. So don't, I mean, really, like, I want to save a lot of the juice for the the show itself mm -hmm. but i mean yeah, don't worry I, about it but i am legitimately like no joke i am a really big fan of your show like oh my gosh, gosh. thank <laughs> you wow i i love every, like i know you guys use y'all use uh the anarchy rules for uh, go ahead that was just going. that was just for season one yeah. So season one okay. was Shadowrun Anarchy. Mm -hmm. Season two has been Sixth Edition. Yeah, although you might not know it from listening, given yeah. that we don't roll dice. Nice. And if you did, you I, I probably wouldn't know because like the way your stories go, you guys don't do a, like y'all's show is interesting because there's not a lot of actual combat. It's very story driven. You know what? Before I go any further, I need to introduce y'all. Um, How do you want to introduce us? Yeah. Um, I'm basically just going to say who I am because, you know, it's what I do and uh, introduce the show and let you guys take it from there. Um, but I'm probably going to leave all this banter in just because it's good and all that. And Fair it, enough. You know. Hey, guys, this is Dan, the GM. As per usual, I am with sitting down with a podcast that I have been an absolute fan of for the last couple of years. This is two of the players from Resting Glitch Face. How about you all introduce yourself? You want to well, go this, first, please? Yeah, I, I can go first. Uh, <laughs> this is Dot. Um, I play Val uh, Binary on the show. Um, she's our group's technomancer. Uh, and then we also have Sid here. Hi, I'm Sid. I play Jet on the show. AKA Jet. She's a one name girl only. And I also edit and produce the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, the two of us kind of tag team production of the show. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I do a lot of the social media and just general content review. Um, whereas Sid is our wonderful editor slash producer um, slash publisher of the show. <laughs> Hats uh, plenty, huh? You know, yeah. we wear a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but first and foremost, I, I absolutely want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, this, we don't normally do interviews on our show, so this has been fun because we have actually brought in different podcasts because I wanted to show the world of the world the community at large and i know that Shadowrun doesn't get the doesn't get the the traction it really should get so i know that i reached out to 
like I reached out to Sinless and Y'all first, and then I like reached out to like Pink Fohawk like a day or two later. So it's like I have all these little like pieces moving, trying to get everything orchestrated, and it's been really nuts. And do, do we have yeah. you in a scrap pack group? We're not in Shadowrun yet. Okay. Well, first of all, we're gonna just change that. We're I, I'll yeah. I'll send you an invite. I'll get Sweet you Ella. in. <laughs> um, we are going into fifth edition. Uh, and well, we're gonna call it is fifth edition, but I'm homebrewing a lot of it. Uh, yeah, I, I told Sinless this as well. We, uh, because of the story that I am trying to tell, it doesn't fit on Earth. Hmm. So I took the lore from Vanilla Shadowrun, and then I took a bunch of lore that I wrote, and then I kind of squished it all together and actually tried to make it kind of work logically. I mean, that's essentially what the Ericverse is. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. which is what we um, very lovingly refer to as the chaos-driven environment that we've subje subjected our emotions to. Um, so I mean, with with Rust and Glitch, similar to that, like it is a homebrew setting based in the Shadowrun universe, but uh, a lot of it is just Eric, our GM, his his story that he's been developing and telling through a number of different APs that are on the Gamers Table platform um, mm -hmm. or Open Gamer Theater. So. A lot of the shows that have already been produced are actually related to or correlate to events that occur or characters that are in Rust and Glitchface. So there's a lot more to our story than is just the glitches. So that means I have to now binge a bunch of other shows? Yes. Uh, that's so, exactly so, what that means. So my list just got like, what, 10 times longer? It's not so bad. Yeah, it's it's the big the big one is dragon variation, but if you have a chance to pick up a Stygian fragment, that one also is yes. kind of starting to come into play a little bit. Yes. And and that's that's something that we've tried to do with Resting Glitch is make sure that those two productions are also tied in nicely. Um and it's really pulling that trio of a universe together. All right, I'm definitely going to be adding that to the list of things I need to catch up on. Mm -hmm. And oh, I yeah. mean, I am all about, like, we were doing Pathfinder Season 1, so I was listening to tons and tons of D&D, &D, Pathfinder, uh, Bunkers and Badasses, anything in that fantasy setting yeah. to keep my mind in that magic practically solves all your problems. Mm-hmm. My bread and butter has always been sci-fi and that cyberpunk dystopian universe that where science makes the problems and mm -hmm. it can fix it if done right. Mm -hmm. That's where my brain works. Magic hurts my head. <laughs> um, I would definitely say uh, listen to Dragon Variation then because it is, I can't remember which edition. Is it fifth? I think it might be fifth. I'm not sure okay. though. It is Shadowrun. Um, but there is a lot more of like the the crunch, the combat, the you know um, just shadow runniness of Shadowrun than mm -hmm. Rust and Glitchface. So if you're looking to scratch that itch with you know a production, those two in tandem with each other is really great. It definitely has the more Shadowrun attitude. Like I think yeah. there's 
it's it's super small, but there's a scene like in maybe episode one or two where one of them, you know, they walk into a room, they're like, oh God, something stinks. And they look and they see like a dead joy toy lying behind mm. some boxes and they're like, oh, well, and they just move it's on. It's just Shadowrun. And yeah. if that happened to the glitches, they'd be like, oh my God, what happened? Well, if it'd someone needs whole... to call Doc Wagon, we can <laughs> save her. Exactly, it'd be a whole fucking thing. Yeah, but you guys have no problem going into a building and just ripping somebody's heads off. Like, yeah, I mean, we didn't do that. It was some. The head was already ripped off. Uh, well, actually, I mean, if we want to speak about beheading people, strictly speaking. Oh, you're talking current season. I was thinking season yeah. one. No, I am. I am up to date. I have. Uh, whenever an episode drops, it's usually if it's not within. The minute it tells me, it's within the same day. Oh I drive gosh. for a living, so I have anywhere between uh, six and eight hours to binge shows, and oh, well, I binge. Mm -hmm. That's a way to be. Um, yeah. Oh man, what was I just? About? Oh, are you in the Gamers Table Discord? I might be. Hold okay. on. If not, again, we can get you an invite there because we do have the resting glitch. Um, community channels and there is a spoilers channel there's just the general um talking location how do words work uh and i mean we just a lot of times we just hang out there and people will listeners will drop in and say oh well i listened to this episode and this stuck out to me and the, uh, the fan theories abound just really it makes my heart happy because sometimes listeners get really close to the thread that we're trying to pull on and you know then Sid and I are private messaging each other like oh my gosh they're starting to get it <laughs> and yeah it's just, I it's just wonderful I would have to go back like I I'm still trying to figure out the Mary thing like that's <gasps> my the girl one, that is the one that in Val like Hey, how you doing? The the first <laughs> the first time they introduced Angel, I thought I missed something. Like I had to rewind the episode. I was because mm -hmm. I was like, I missed something, right? Mm -hmm. No, wait, did I? Who is? And then this? like, yeah, I was like, and then it was the when there was the description. I'm like, wait, no, that, wait, no, that is Val, but it's not. All right, there's something going on. Rewind the episode, listen again, and I'm like, all right, I don't know what's going on, but now I gotta watch. I gotta really listen. Yeah, those those multiple personalities, they'll really get you. Yeah. But no, I absolutely like Mary has got to be the most interesting like just the I don't even, like I think there's a reference that she is dual natured or that yes. she is she's like yeah, dual natured or like so I think someone called her an abomination at some point. Correct. Mm -hmm. All all correct words. <laughs> Yeah, and I was sitting there going, because I've been playing Third Ed for a long time, and my brain was going, is that possible? Is it a Fifth Ed thing? No, it can't be. Now I start, and then I started going down the rabbit hole of, like, wikis and digging, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking for anymore. There's yeah. too much. So you definitely got my GM brain, like, trying to pull threads and go, okay, is this a connection? It's not a connection. <laughs> Mary is Mary is one of those NPCs that you love to hate to love because 
there are certain things about her that are just entirely off-putting and bizarre and uncomfortable. But at the same time, she's in the body of a nine-year-old little girl. And you're like, well, I'm not just gonna, you know, abandon you on the street. We found you, we have to take care of you. And I know that I have talked about this before, but um, when Mary was first introduced, I was like six months pregnant. So my mother instinct to just protect child at all costs was heightened. And Eric played that nerve like it was his <laughs> job. So I think my own physical and emotional state had a lot to do with how attached Val became to Mary um, and thus how that relationship has, you know, continued to be somewhat problematic at times. Yeah, Mary does seem like she could be and is a handful when certain events happen. Um, but I also feel like without her, there there's something missing. Like, she became very quintessential to a lot of the growth you see in all the players or in the characters. Um, but you also are, it looks like y'all are starting to collect NPCs because you now have, at least in the last episode, you had, oh, Doc. Um, dog leash. Oh, dog, dog leash. leash. Oh, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, I can't remember his name now. He's the reporter. Oh, no, the uh, reporter. Boggs. 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 My boy Boggs. Oh, yeah. man. My like, milkhouse man. Yeah. And it's like, I feel bad for Boggs, but at the same time, I'm just sitting there going, that is like... Boggs is a cool character because he's just kind of like, all right, I, I'm going to deal with it as I can and be the best I can. But at the same time, it's like, man, the, the sixth world is just kicking you while you're down. Yeah. I mean, uh, that character. Um, so in between. All right. Hold on. Pause. Spoilers for Resting Glitch between season one to season two. Um, that character, Eric and I actually had a conversation and he was like, you get to pick one. You pick one character that, uh, stays with you and everyone else, there's going to be something going on with them. And well, that ended up still kind of being used against me because at the beginning of season two, Maureen, Mary and Boggs were all missing. And those were my three main NPCs. So when we started season two, I was like, okay, can I please have one of them back? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, for a while, I thought, like, Mary was gone, like, done uh, because of the lockdown and everything. And I was like, mm -hmm. why, why? No, that doesn't, something's not right. Mm -hmm. And then, like, just, like, I sit there and, like, I, I look at this, your show, and I'm just like, this is this is my soap opera. This is that show that I will never miss because I need to know what happens next. Because it, it even so when, when, even with like, even when you wrap up everything in some of the episodes where it's like, yeah, it, there's a, the episode has a nice wrap up. 
there's always something at the end where it's like, here's your nice little bow that's all wrapped up. Oh, here, here's a new empty box that I'm just going to throw this in. And it's like, yep, but I just finished this. And you know what? I will say, Sid, I'm going to throw this to you. A lot of that has to do with how Sid is editing the episodes because she's doing some magic there, man. Yeah, yeah. Your, your editing is top notch. Like, oh my God, thanks. So uh, my editing journey was a little interesting um, because I wasn't, I was like, I obviously, I came to the show kind of late um, just because we were losing a player temporarily and uh, I knew I knew Dot and I had been, I played with Maddie for like quite some time. Uh, So I was just kind of like, I showed up at the end of season one and then everything went crazy. And then at the beginning of season two, I eventually, I was just like, hey, is there anything I can do to like lighten some loads? Because, you know, I have time for it. And Eric gave me a 20 minute tutorial on Audacity and then just said, go to town. And then I did, and I had to like pick up everything else as I went. Um, But by far, and now I edit other podcasts too, but by far Resting Glitchface takes the most work because um, I do a lot of pacing and story editing. Um, Not inserting things that weren't there, but sitting there and going, oh, you know, it's a little bit more dramatic if we say this line before this line and then after this and, you know, deciding when to cut and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I do all the editing for our show and I lucked out that I actually have a degree in TV production and I have a degree in technical theater and design. Oh, fuck yeah. Both of which gave me all this skill to do audio and understanding how so i do all of our editing and it's ridiculous our episodes are 45 minutes an hour long and it takes me eight hours to do one episode Mm -hmm. because it's the all right this dramatic thing happens insert the music and then just silence Mm -hmm. uh nightlin who's our artist and she also is my wife she quality checks everything so she Mm -hmm. listens to the episodes and she'll just be like hey there's this weird silence for like a whole two seconds mm-hmm. it felt uncomfortable you want that there and i'm like yes yes i do mm-hmm. um but yeah no like your show is like so phenomenally edited like oh my god your your audio quality is like really high-end like I think there was a couple of times where the audio sounded rough, but that was like one episode one or two, and it wasn't like bad. It was just the, okay, you know, the, like it sounds like ambient echo, like stuff that you would normally get. Mm-hmm. But it's like after a while, it, your brain either filters it out or you guys do a filter on it. But it's like I know that I'll pick up the show and, uh, when Nightland, when we decided we were going to do season two for Shadowrun, she was like, all right, well, what do you want to, what should I listen to? And I'm like, okay, you're going to hate me. Here's the list of everything. And it was like, it was right. Resting Glitch Face, uh, Opti's uh, actual play, and then Critical Role. Mm. Critical Role? Critical Role. Yeah. And that was like, here's your list. Um, <laughs> because... Be in the company of Critical Role. Oh my gosh. Uh. <laughs> well, like, She's playing, she wants to play a a satyr that's a little bit more, like, 
she's playing a demolition specialist. Mm. And I'm like, you're, you're going to want to listen to these shows because these are kind of like Shadowrun. Shadowrun, in, in, in my opinion, I feel like in Shadowrun, the women are more interesting because they are more in your face. And I think that's just because the way dystopian writing has been where like, I don't know, like I've always felt like women are portrayed stronger in sci-fi and the dystopian over fantasy that's fair yeah. I, I i would agree with that sentiment yeah like i don't know like it's just something that i've always noticed it's like fantasy it's like oh you're playing an elf all right you're gonna automate if you're if you play a female you're gonna play a wizard and you're gonna be squishy in shadowrun it's like okay yeah you're you're you want to play a female elf you want to be a mage here's your combat armor and your shotgun have fun right right yeah well tell your wife if there's any character just pay attention to in our show, it's Liliana. Ugh. <laughs> Can we talk? Okay, hang on. I, uh, okay. I, sorry. I, I'm just the number one. I'm the president of the Liliana fan club, unfortunately. <laughs> so she's just so hot. She's so hot. Oh my God. Okay. She's so, she's so wonderfully awful at the same time that like you can't, you can't help but hate her but then you just are so stuck loving her that, and Eric does such a fantastic job of of turning on his Liliana switch um, because he can go from playing, portraying Boggs in one second and just being this complete, you know, washcloth of a man. And then hits right over to Liliana and is just the ultimate top. And you're like, how do you do that? He, I, I, he's also done it with uh, Dog Leash, where oh, yeah. in the same scene, Dog Leash will go from like top to bottom and then back to top and then just neutral. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Like Dog The range. <laughs> Dog yeah. Leash is so interesting as a character. Um, because, and this is this is a little bit from Dragon Variation. He's actually in Dragon Variation for like, I think like 20 seconds or something like that. And he does not speak. Um, but it's just like, he started from the bottom. And now he's, now he's shagging a supermodel. How did he get there? What's going on? Yeah. I just... Well, and just our attachment to these characters, it mm -hmm. elevates with each with each episode that we record, with each, well, not episode we record, but each session that we have mm -hmm. a recording, because a lot of times our, our recording sessions get broken down into maybe two, uh, two and a half episodes, something it's like usually, that. It's usually uh, like three, sometimes two if they're shorter. Right. So, you know, we have these recording sessions that we spend four, maybe five hours together with these characters. And it's like each consecutive episode that we get out, it becomes more and more apparent how how deep our love is for these imaginary folk. And it's just like, you know, in the in season two, when the relationship between Boggs and Val becomes a little bit more solidified, but there's still that hesitation and the reservations that Val has because she's like, well, I'm a complete fuck up. Like I, I screw up nearly everything that I get in contact with 
and now I have this guy that is completely innocent on all fronts that I've brought into this fucking mess that for some reason cares about me. And she doesn't right. get it. I love you. And innocent is a very strong word. <laughs> Listen, he's only a suspected terrorist. I just love the, the reveal where the reason you were able to know that he wasn't supposed to be there was because of his shoes. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, Dude, you had really I, nice shoes on. That's yeah, gotcha. like, yeah, like, and, and you sit there and you, like, going back and thinking about it, like, in the moment, it's like, okay, you know, homeless guy with nice shoes, could have just got him. And then it's like, you look back and you're like, no, that was like a major tell that just right over the head, like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we cry, like, real life tears over these characters sometimes. I mean, Dot dot knows sometimes i like will message her in the middle of the night and i'll be like what if dog leash breaks up with me what what will i do what happens um or i mean there have been emotion i mean i on the on the discord there was somebody um I'm not going to call out specifics, but I do know who it was. But there was an individual that pointed out, like, that sometimes we have a, we have a talent for having our emotions come through the mic. That's not voice acting for us. That's we love the show that we are producing. We love the characters that we've created and that we've spent the last six going on seven years with, and. It's an emotional attachment at this point. Like, we become emotional on Mike because we have grown to love and care for these characters and this story that we're telling and how it then affects our listeners. And, you know, when we can portray that level of emotion realistically and it comes through in in a production way... Like that's that that's what makes those kind of comments worth it for me because you know I want to respond to those as well. I was just upset. I was just sad, or I was just anxious about what was going on, and that's why my voice took on the tone that it did. It's not that I'm trying to play a character. It's that I'm playing a character that has embedded into me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know that with with improv, especially with the, when there's no script, you have to put a piece of yourself in these characters, and that piece can just mess with your emotions, and it's mm-hmm. it's an amazing thing. Um, it's funny. So we actually have pre-written questions, and I'm sitting there going, I don't know if I want to use them, <laughs> like. <laughs> I actually have, wanted to ask. I was going to ask you need it if you wanted to move on to some of your questions. I I kind of do, but at okay. the same time I kind of don't. Okay, yeah, um, maybe so. maybe the questions will invoke further conversation. That's kind of what those are supposed to do, right? Yeah, supposed to. We'll see what okay. happens. Um so what we've been doing is you have a D6 and you have a D4. A D6 will get you your category, a D4 will get you the question. All right. I don't have dice in front of me, so sit if you do. do. You got to roll for me, babe. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, I'll roll for dot. Uh, roll for dot. D6. I got a six. 
Okay. On my D4, I got a two. My favorite dinosaur. Yes. I was hoping I would get this question. <laughs> yeah. So this is a, a what the dice. We we wanted to throw in some really weird questions. And mm-hmm. number two is what is your favorite dino? It's a Triceratops. Although I do have to make a quick shout out to my buddy Josh B. Um, not all dinosaurs are the same, my friend. Clearly, you can have a favorite, and that means that they're not all the same. And mine is a Triceratops. Why a Triceratops? Um, I I think the scene in Jurassic Park with uh, the Triceratops when uh, Dr. Sadler is you know examining her and then. Um, Jeff Goldblum is like, that's one big shit. I think that was just a very impactful scene for me as a youth. And uh, I don't know. I've just always loved Triceratops. Anytime I had like a dinosaur toy, because I was a dinosaur kid, if you cannot tell by how excitedly I am discussing this <laughs> random topic. Um, all of my all of my dinosaur toys, I did have like a stuffed triceratops. My son actually has a stuffed triceratops that he is currently sleeping with. So uh-huh. it's That's just cool. it's my fave. <laughs> what about you, Sid? What's your favorite dino? Okay, so I was I was like I, I'm gonna admit, I was really torn about this one. Um, but my favorite dinosaur is actually the ancient crocodiles because I love a crocodile and I think it's really cool that they were very big. Um, and I think it's cool that something, thank you. <laughs> uh, I think it, it's really cool that something as ancient as the dinosaurs still exists in the world today. And I, I just appreciate the humble crocodile. Yeah, I was watching, sorry. No, I was no, watching a it. thing. I was watching a thing that was talking about this. Um, and please forgive the lack of actual fact that I can associate with this little nugget of knowledge. Um, because I mean, how much can you really take as fact on Instagram reels? But I was watching this thing, and it was talking about how there might be a new species of, uh, not new species, but a new newly discovered species of megalodon that was discovered uh, in a trench outside of Japan Mm. Um, but it was discovered like really really deep in the water like in these trenches and it wasn't it was bigger than what the megalodon is you know supposedly supposed to be the size as but it didn't have eyes so they were like is this an entirely new species and it was because like this you know scan from the International Space Station caught wind of so I don't know. I don't know how much fact is really associated with this, but I was watching this Instagram reel and I was like, this is cool. I really hope that this is a new species of creepy giant fish. Because Sci-Fi Channel needs more creepy giant fish to make movies off of? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Dan, what's your favorite dinosaur then? Yeah. Um, you know, I've never had anyone flip this on me. Um, well, God, I mean, um, the interviewer know? becomes the interviewee. <laughs> I like the spitting, spitting Dilophosaurus. That one, yeah. And I think it's because in like my first, so I didn't grow up around dinosaurs. I my dad was a a laser technician. I grew up around science. Mm. Um, but I think that particular dinosaur made me interested and like caught my eye because of the 
doesn't seem like a threat until it's too late. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then, like, growing up, like, playing my first game was ever played was Star Wars. But the first real big campaign I did was D&D. My... my it makes me look at like rogues. They don't look dangerous until they are. Oh yeah, so they're they're like the rogues of the uh, the dinosaur world. Yeah. Did you know that um, velociraptors, like how they're portrayed in the Jurassic Park universe, is completely inaccurate? Weren't they feathered? Well, yes, they were feathered, but they were also okay. only maybe like thirty pounds at most and like three feet tall. So they were basically an extra Mom. large chicken yeah they're yes more like a three-foot turkey that's actually a scarier thought say right three-foot turkey that sounds awful like i just i mean i like moments like that where i get educated and corrected on the way that I viewed or thought of something, it's just I, I love that feeling because then I then I feel like I know more and I like I like that. <laughs> That's like being chased by children with razor blades. Yes, yes, exactly. My Sweet. son is like three feet tall, and I mean to have I mean, he's three feet tall and like forty five pounds. So yeah, he I essentially oh my gosh, I'm raising a velociraptor. <laughs> wow, that's that this actually hurts my a head turn. a little bit. Yeah, that. Damn. Wow, that's actually that makes them so much scarier now. I agree. Right, especially since they did they did actually hunt in packs, like like they like portrayed in the movie. That was factually accurate. Um, and it like the size though is alarming because it just points to how much more vicious they obviously were. Yeah. Because they were still considered maybe not apex predator, but they were still considered a heightened predator. Hmm. Also, did you know that they've never found a Tyrannosaurus Rex egg? Ever. No, I did not discovered. know that. Tyrannosaurus live birth real? We should probably move on from dinosaurs okay. so that I stop nerding all over the place. My goodness. All right, I, I'm fine with it. Uh, so let's uh, do another D6 roll then. Okay. A three. And oh. I know, same same thing. Uh, three. So least favorite color then. Yeah, least favorite color. Hmm. Uh, I've got one. Okay. Go ahead. I did think about that one. Uh, blue, because I have tried for so many years to look good in blue, and I just don't. I it, it makes me look awful, and it was it's my mom's favorite color, so she always bought me blue things, and I was just like, please, mother, don't <laughs> don't do this to me. So so to follow up this question. Hmm. Is it all spectrums of blue, or is it just, like, a particular spectrum of blue? I'm going to be real. It's most spectrums of blue. Like, okay. I can appreciate a good navy um, mm -hmm. and, like, like a kind of, like, the cadet blue, maybe, if oh, we yeah. were talking Crayola. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, those, like, powder blue, my yes. nemesis. Nemesis. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mirror that and also say that my least favorite color is blue because uh, number one, um, 
I don't eat anything blue, everybody's gonna always say like, oh, well, what about blueberries? Those are purple. If you squish a blueberry, the juice is purple. Come at me, I dare you. Um, I have recently turned a corner to eating blue corn tortilla chips. But aside from that, I do not eat anything that is artificially colored blue because there's no like really, there's no naturally occurring blue foods, right? Um, there's like a species of crab, but like if you cook the meat, it's still pink and then blue corn tortilla, whatever. Anyways, I've, I've had that discussion a lot. I've been argued with. We don't need to go there, people. Um, I'm going to have to side with you on that. Blueberries are purple. Uh, yes. Nightland is an artist and I, we've had this conversation, so I know exactly where you're coming from. And yes, no, they are, they are purple. They are a little bit more of the cooler purple, which makes people kind of think they're blue, but no, they're right. purple. Yes, mm -hmm. facts. Oh my gosh, finally, someone understands me. Um, yeah, blue, and uh, I also am a firm believer that, like, blue is not a, like, Christmassy color. So, like, the, um, the colored lights that a lot of people get to, you know, decorate their Christmas tree or their light or their, you know, the faces of their houses or whatever. Um, you've got, you know, the red, green, orange, yellow colors or whatever, but the blue, the blue always stands out so harshly to me. And I just, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I like even, you know, blue and silver as like an ornament theme. Nope, just don't like it. It does not feel Christmassy to me. It does not, it does not fit what my, it does, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. I don't like it. And I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for that, but um, it, it it's just how I feel. Uh, and I also don't, Sid, like you said, I don't wear a lot of blue. Unfortunately, the company that I work for, Navy is like, basically Ugh. our numero uno color. So, you know, a lot of our branded shirts and everything are gonna be that like navy blue color, but it's a dark enough navy that it can almost be like mm -hmm. black. So it's fine, but yeah, no, blue, blue's the worst. Yeah, it, it, Dot, you have correct and good opinions. <laughs> See, I, I, I grew up doing TV production. I grew up hating well, grew up in from high school on the the very specific chroma blue and very specific chroma green are my two mm -hmm. absolute hated colors. But that's because I've had to work on the the green screen, blue screen, and edit things to where it looks good. And there's just your eyes can only handle so much of that particular color. Oh God, I, I'm sure. Yes. 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 Wow. We are just a bunch of agreeable folk here, aren't we? <laughs> no hot takes. Well, they're, they're all hot takes, but we're all they're all hot takes, but they're, yeah. but we're yeah. all on the same page. Let's see. All right. Okay. Five. All right. Personal questions. Ooh, four. How did you come up with your backstory for your characters? Oh boy. <laughs> do you want me to go I, I, first or you want to go first Sid um I can go first sure so a lot of a lot of jet is kind of seat of seat of my pants uh because um 
as I kind of said, I came into the show late. Um, but what people don't know is that I had two weeks, like a two week lead up to create a character that would fit in the universe and connect to all of this other stuff. And that's really hard. So I was just like, I don't know. She's a ballerina, I guess. But she's kind of based on another character that I had that I tried to play in Curse of Strahd, where I was like, oh, it's Strahd's castle. I'm gonna make an art thief. That sounds fun. But as it turns out in Barovia, there's no art to steal. So I was just like, huh, this sucks. So then I decided to retool her a little bit, make her still into the arts, make her still a thief. Uh, and I kind of gave her the same attitude. Uh, but a lot of her like deep lore backstory, you know what I'm talking about, Dan? That was all, yeah. I think I got maybe like, again, it was shit like, you know, Eric would text me at like midnight the night before and be like, hey, would you be okay if I like really fuck with your character? And I'm like, of course, of course. So I, I was finding out all of this backstory at the same time everybody else was. Yeah, I know for our season two, I've cleared it with players ahead of time of where is the limit of where can I mess with your characters? And for the most part, they're like, oh yeah, no, whatever's good. As long as you don't cross these lines. I'm like, oh, those lines aren't even anywhere near our table but it's the like the limit does not exist yeah. yeah like we we have some pretty hard lines on the stuff and i'm like well this will never happen on screen if mm. we're gonna pretty much do the whole like you know movie thing where you know if it's a sex scene it's just gonna fade to black because um you know i'm friends with a lot of these people and, yeah. and you know that's a little awkward to do not gonna lie like just, just saying, the fade to black is the best way to go. Oh, um, for sure. Because that and that just gets a little like, let, let's just, let's watch our ratings here. Like, rated R is where I want to go, not past. Um, mm -hmm. And then like, so we've, we've t discussed it and uh, I'm like, okay, well, now I know where these limits are. I want to mess with characters a little bit. And I lucked out three of the players have decided that they have some kind of connection with some of the megacorps which Ooh, gives yeah and beautiful thing and one of them decided to do it with one of our homebrew megacorps called lotus core mm-hmm yeah oh They're you like can hear, oh yeah oh you can hear the gm sneakiness just <laughs> in the tone of your voice right there you're like oh yeah i'm really gonna get him with this one lotus yeah. Corp. are we pulling from like uh from the odyssey the lotus eaters or no so we actually cool. created two well lotus core is kind of still in its infancy in our design um mm -hmm. even though you know we were supposed to start recording in february i have a couple of months to write it um lotus core has been started by this ceo that mm -hmm. if anyone does their background checks on her she was a complete like middle of the road student like mm -hmm. came from this small podunk town went to the like tiny college like and then all of a sudden out of nowhere she created lotus core which specializes in medical research and development okay i love um, that i'm quite familiar with this <laughs> yeah so she 
special like her and that lotus core is now is basically we made them a mega corp but they are they don't just specialize in some r&d when medical research they also deal with para creatures with the medical research so you know figuring out what poisons and venoms can fight what diseases and how do you deal with this and this and then our other one is helix core which which was uh, where we wrote them in is they just came out of nowhere right after the first goblinization mm -hmm. because they wanted to understand why it happened. So they are a genetic Ooh. research company. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm pretty, I guess notorious would be the word. Um, I love to be hurt during games i just the best thing a dm could say to me is and then it gets worse <laughs> i just uh uh i got last year for my birthday for for our D, &D thing i got vampires attacked your hometown and i was happy as a clam you wow. know yeah yeah that's uh yeah. That's did, yeah. <laughs> did likes when Eric uh, Eric gets this look on his face where he's like, "Okay, it's time for some hardball," uh, and anytime that does occur, Sid's like, "All right, yes, bring it. Let's go. I want to see where this goes so that I can react accordingly and get my feelings hurt." <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm out to get my feelings hurt. I love when bad things happen. Um. <laughs> It's all for Next, the drama. Jet's all yeah. about the drama. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been abundantly clear. Mm -hmm. Oh, like, oh, <laughs> just... oh! If you, if you knew. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of where that's kind of been Jet's guiding light is, and then it gets worse. Yep. Yeah. See, it sounds like y'all. Do you guys uh, all record in person? Yes. Well, yes kind and of. kind of no now. So I I actually moved from St. Louis back home up to uh, the Twin Cities in Minnesota. So I'm actually, I, re I record remotely now. Um, but I mean, I, I have my own, I, I do my own Audacity recording of my own audio um, and give it to Sid and then she's able to splice it in as needed if... Uh, uh, if the recording on their end doesn't come out as nicely just because it is being recorded through Discord and that can sometimes be a little bit junky. Um, but yeah, for the for the most part, um, all of season one and... All of season two. All of season two, yeah. All of season one and all of season two was all recorded in person. Uh, mm -hmm. And then season three will be me recording remotely. Mm -hmm. So... So you all get the joy of when you can see the twinkle in Eric's eyes of when oh, yes. chaos. See, my team doesn't get that luxury because the we're all. I have Nightland is here with me, and then one of our players is in Oregon. Another one of our players is here in our state, but is like they live like an hour and a half away from us, so they just re will be remoting in. So they don't get the like they don't see the lip twitch they don't see the twinkle they don't see me like reaching for a new book or anything like that so they don't know 
Do you keep your video off even? Yeah, we, I don't. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm, yeah. That that's fine. Like you, you do you, mm -hmm. buddy. But, um, I don't know that I'd be able to play like that. Like even just joining in this recording, I was like, oh, the camera is disabled. No one's gonna be able to see me because I'm just so used to, like that's that's how I game through Discord. Like I'm very much so a cameras on person. But also, the other nice thing about recording in person is that, and this is something, unfortunately, that you guys don't get on the show because I work very hard to keep it out most of the time, is um, us, like, hitting each other. Oh, my gosh, like, yeah. Going like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, like, we get very physical. There, uh, there was a scene in season two. It has already happened, but spoilers for those who haven't listened, where um, Eris and Joe... So B oh and Joe, they God. are having a girlfriend fight. Like they are having a, a relationship spat. And at the table, I am sat in between them. So Maddie, you know, the, the player for Joe is sitting to me on my right. And Shannon, the player for Eris, is sitting to me on my left. So I'm sandwiched between the two of them having this outright argument at each other. And it's I just like, like screaming match. Yeah. I just slump down into my chair and look across the table at Sid and I'm like, can I come sit by you, please? <laughs> I was like, I don't want to. Mom, please stop fighting. <laughs> and then I think in, um, in our last in-person recording, we were like laughing about something. Because oh my God. Then you're Dot gonna, and I you're decided, gonna call me out for this? No. <laughs> because then Dot and I decided, you know what? Maybe it's best if we sit next to each other. Yeah. Um, and we were <laughs> oh my gosh, laughing. I hate you. We were trying to laugh silently. And so we were like hitting each other. And then like, what was it? Did your finger go up my nose? Or it went or was it the other way? It oh yeah, that's out. right. That's right. I, we were just kind of like flailing a little bit and I leaned forward and my hand just kind of cupped right in, like my finger just cupped right inside Sid's mouth. And it was, <laughs> it made the whole moment even funnier. And, and now it is available to all um, <laughs> to enjoy <laughs> that moment. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. I don't get embarrassed very easily, except for now. <laughs> <laughs> but... Dot, how did you come up with your background real quick? Oh, Val is, she's something else. Yeah, that girl, <laughs> man. All right, so a little bit of um, resting glitch face pre-show history. So Shannon, uh, who plays Eris, she and I have been very close for years now. Um, and she had been running a long-standing uh, D and D campaign that I was a player that I was part of as a player, um, and she eventually like that campaign ended, and she was like, "Well, I kind of want to run Shadowrun now." So we had gone through the process of doing character creation, and we had concepts and everything like that, and the campaign itself ended up just fizzling out. Like we didn't even start playing the campaign. We literally just made characters and then that was it, right? So the character that I made was this world-renowned SimSense star. Um, and 
Her name was Angel. Um, that was where the scarification art came from. And I, I really just, oh gosh, I loved her so much. I loved that character concept so fucking much that I was like, I need to use her somehow. I need to figure out in some manner of speaking, how to pull that version of Angel into Val, right? So when I initially was, uh playing Val. So there there are a couple of um, for those of you at home, this is some uh, free information, I guess. Uh, there are a couple of lost episodes of Resting Glitch that will not ever be produced or released um, just for the comfort of the players and those involved. But there were a couple of uh, early episodes of Resting Glitch Face that um Val was an entirely different character concept. Uh, instead of having DID, she was going to be schizophrenic. There was going to be more um, hallucination type interactions between her and individuals. Uh, and one of them was going to be Angel. And after those first couple of recordings that you know ended up not being continued into the show, uh, I decided that I needed to switch it up because I wanted to have more engagement myself with that character, with that role, with that personality than letting Eric play her as an NPC because I wanted to have more control over how I presented her, right? Yeah. So um, a, a lot of Val is just me straight up uh I I very much so identify with a lot of Val's um, personality traits, uh, but I think to a little bit more extreme degree on Mike. Um, but yeah, she just I I wanted to play a technomancer. Um, I thought that the the idea of that uh, I guess class you could say I can't remember what the exact terminology is for Shadowrun off the top of my head, but. You know, I, I just, that appealed to me. Um, also having Shannon at the table, she had played uh, Nightfall, who was a Technomancer for the Dragon Variation AP, which again, give it a listen. Um, and I wanted to be able to potentially pull Shannon's strings a little bit and have her influence on that character. And that's actually kind of where some of Digi's personality traits came from is that, you know, um, how Shannon plays Nightfall and how she uses her sprites. I kind of wanted to play on that a little bit, but not in the same manner because um, Shannon plays a much better Technomancer than I do because she actually knows how to play a te Technomancer, whereas I just wing it every session. <laughs> and hope for the best. Um, so when I was developing the concept for Digi and having him as a sprite, uh, I wanted it to be more that Val didn't understand what a sprite was in the beginning. And because she didn't necessarily have anybody teaching her how to be a Technomancer, that's where a lot of her inconsistency com comes from. That's where a lot of like, when she can do cool shit, like hack the, whole fucking city of St. Louis security cameras. Moments like that for her, she's like, yeah, okay, I did it. Because 
she doesn't know that that's impressive. She doesn't know that that should have been an impossible task. So when she succeeds on those fronts, that's just, okay, yeah, I do. I, I do it, right? <laughs> so that was the same thing with Digi. She, you know, was able to conjure the sprite and to her, it was just, oh my gosh, you get to be like my best friend now. You're like a fairy. I, I love you. And he became her best friend. He keep, he became her confidant, but he's also a dickhead 90% yeah. of the time. Yeah. And so just being able to develop her on that front. And, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about how I want to portray Val, especially through the second season. I think the first season, it was all about maintaining who she was to Mary and who she was to the rest of the the rest of the glitches. And now she's very much so coming into an era of, well, who the fuck am I now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, this last arc that you guys have been producing, it definitely, it, it almost feels like it's everything that has led up to this is almost like it's, as weird as it sounds, it's almost like Val has a chance to finally find herself. Mm -hmm. And it's coming in. It's not a like, let's come gentle. It's like the floodgates have opened up and there is nothing to stop it all just to hit at once. That is a very accurate assessment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that can, I think that's true of all the characters too. I mean, yeah. you know, Jet is, Jet is being exposed to a lot and learning a lot about herself. Uh, Eris and her family, I mean, shit. Um, I'm gonna, oh, boy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak for Shannon for a moment and tell this story on this show because we, she has, she has expressed this before. Um, so Babushka was supposed to be a good character. She was supposed to be this loving figure that absolutely adored her grandchildren and would do anything for him, for them, excuse me, um, and Eric decided to take that and say, nah, fuck you. <laughs> oh, um, so it, it, she developed that way. It wasn't so much that like Eric just saw that character description and was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. He found an opportunity to use this character in a very creative and expressive way. And how Babushka is going to develop over the next couple of episodes before the end of the season into season three is just oof hold on right oof um so it, it's it's fun to have moments like that where like you know shannon was creating her background for eris and one of the one of the npcs that she brought to the table was babushka and the entire personality that the entirety of the personality that Babushka was supposed to have has been in has been completely flipped. It she was supposed to be this loving, wonderful, lighthearted, you know, kind-natured grandmother figure to Eris and her sister, and instead she's the worst. <laughs> Super manipulative, creepy. Um... Whenever I imagine Babushka, 
lately. Not so much when they are, she is first introduced, but lately she kind of gives the um like the the fortune teller at the creepy carnival like oh yes that's the image i get but whenever anyone else is around it's all smiles like i have grown to not like babushka mm -hmm. because of yeah <laughs> um and it's just because the the manipulation factor it's like oh, you know yes. playing Shadowrun, run raku is bad man but bushka makes ren raku look tame mm -hmm. yeah it's uh, uh i can't i can't we can't it. talk about it said we can't know, talk about it what has been said has been said and that's know, where we have to I know, leave it i know i know i know uh, it's just hard because I'm editing it right now. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are, which is why I'm saying soon, darling, soon. Oh, um, anytime, anytime I imagine Babushka, like when she gets into her mood, um, it's immediately Baba Yaga. I don't know if it's because she's Russian. I don't know if it's just the creep factor or not, but I just, she's a child eating monster. <laughs> So, so you have the child eating monster, and then you've got like the the creepy child giggling and singing um, the Freddy, oh, uh, the Freddy song, the one two Freddy. Uh, yeah. Yes, and that's Mary, right? Yeah, that's Mary. That that is. Yeah, my girl. Like, I love Mary. Like, she is one of the my out of all of your NPCs. She's got like anytime she says something, I, I my brain tries to break apart everything she says because there's strings there mm -hmm. there's hints there's something else and it's like even when she was first introduced um in the in chicago in, in the tubes i was like i uh, my brain went bug spirit like i'm not joking like i'm like no they're doing bug spirits oh yep. this is gonna be hard and then it was like as it developed i'm like it's not a bug spirit. What is going on? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, now I have I have an interview question for you because you are a listener of the show and because you're the host and I am going to turn the spotlight back on to you. Um, okay. what, what has been to date, like, through the show? And if you need a little help remembering, that's totally fine. But to date, through the show as it has been released currently, what has been your favorite glitchism? Like, just a one-liner or just an, a moment that you were like, oh my gosh, these girls. <laughs> um, crap. Um, it was season one. There was something about the gang you guys were dealing with uh, just outside the Chicago. It was the gang that was peddling. It might have been when you met dog leash for the first time there was something that you guys said or did that just made me bust out laughing and it was something at the last like the the apex scene where it was like the, all the reveals happened hold on i gotta remember well okay so anything that happened in chicago would have been i i think that that i think you're um mixing some details with maybe the Dr. Plague episodes and 
wrestling glitch because I know that there was some there there is some crossover between like Doc Wagon, Doctor Plague, and then well maybe it's Doc Wagon that was yeah, Chicago related. Um, is that what I'm thinking of? I think I think it is. The entirety of wrestling glitch face as of right now has taken place in St. Louis. Yeah. Okay, Besides so it was the was it called scenes. the it was there was the, the CZ. Yeah. Yeah, the CZ. There was a gang mm -hmm. that was controlling and peddling the the pink crystal the screamers. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that was yeah. that was Dr. Plague. That was Dr. Plague. Yes. Okay. Then I am crossing wires. Then let me give me a moment. Let me read on no, no, that's you're... okay. We have a lot to sift through and a lot of yeah. I mean, it's the thing of it is is that, you know, again, the Eric verse, it is vast. Um yeah. and it can be complicated and the the yarn wall is quite thick with string it is the matrix that it, it, it's just this giant room mm -hmm. of like boards and red string and references yes um God. oh and by the way i have another gift for you and it's that uh i created a map of all of the locations so i'm gonna go ahead and send that to you somehow yeah that uh, there's a um, there's a chat here if you want to drop it. Um... Uh, ha ha, I found it. Well, while you are coming up with your answer, I'm sure and I have our own. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> mine, personally, is uh, the entire scene where Mary has her sister FedExed to the apartment. Oh my god. Um, it is the uh, sleeping bag scene where we're talking about just throwing this child corpse into a sleeping bag and rolling her down the stairs because we can't think of a way to get this giant heavy box down a flight of stairs. Um, and that is also the same episode that the black tampon comment occurs. <laughs> no, not the black tampon. I don't um, want to think about that. <laughs> I know that there's a, a scene that sticks out in my head just because I used to work food service was the, I think it was season one. I can't remember the NPC, but they had, I think it was between Val and someone and they were walking into some donut shop barefoot. And it was this like, <gasps> oh whole, yeah. yeah, that's whole, season two. Dude, that's that season two with Liliana. Oh my God. Yep. That's beginning oh. of season two <laughs> with Liliana. Uh, she wanted to walk around barefoot. And I was like, really in this city? And literally the second she steps outside, she steps on a piece of glass and I'm like, yeah, yeah. serves you right. Go put on some fucking shoes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the description of her, like that, just the, the dirty, like just the way she was described and the way she acted, I was just like, wow, just. She's so hot, but so off-putting. Oh yeah. Oh my God. That's the best way to describe Liliana. Yeah. Let's see. I would say for me, it would probably be, it's recent, so it's, it's actually, Mine is like a whole recording session that I go back to that I'm like, wow, we did a really good job on this one. And it's the um, it's the three episode series that takes place in the stacks. We were just oh, yeah, on. We were on. We were on that day and I got to 
actually, I, as Street Sam, got to actually fight somebody. Thrilling. Yeah. Thrilling. I did I a terrible job. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that's so comical to me about our show is that we are literally the worst fucking Shadowrunners that ever could possibly exist. Anytime, anytime we have the opportunity to like actually get our hands dirty and in, engage in some level of combat, we avoid it like the plague. And like Shadowrun as a whole is a very action and combat driven game in a lot of senses. So to almost entirely avoid that throughout a whole season of the show twice now because even in season one we didn't really get too fighty outside of moments here and there right but season season two was just man oh man uh um, all the drama a, <laughs> yeah. a a fun little a fun little fact for you guys um in the ruko fight where everybody's up on the roof right um Val deals more damage in that fight than Jet does. LOL, Which is, I didn't know that. Yeah. She does? <laughs> she does, yeah, okay. And I, I'll tell you how I know. Um, so Val deals three damage when she shoots somebody. Uh, Jet, when she stabs Ruko and it kind of like glances off of him, that's the only sh hit she manages to get on him. Um, and she does, I think, two damage because he didn't go down a box. Um, and then Dogleash killed him. Oh yeah, and that's then technically right. I finished him off, but oh that God. wasn't. We didn't roll damage because I just used a plot point for it because he was mm. on the ground, and I rolled and I rolled so dog shit that I literally missed him lying on the ground. I remember and I that. Missed him. Yeah, and I was like, fuck it. I just I'm using a plot point. This I has want gotta this man happen. Dead. Yeah, no. Yeah. So yes, dot uh, actually in that one scene, Val deals more damage than Jet does the entire season. The entire time that she has been on screen. She has never stabbed anybody except for one time and it was bad. What about the punch? What about Joe's punch? Uh no, Joe punched me. I kicked Joe, did not yeah. manage to do any damage. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lip noodles. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, it, if it means anything to y'all, I actually use uh, y'all as an example to how not to introduce yourself as a runner to our players. It's the, um, yeah, you don't give your real name. You give your code name, your, 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 your runner name. That is what you go by. And one of our players is, why? Because it's a runner name. It protects you. It is your little social shield. So I, I and if they keep asking, it's like, here, just go listen to this episode. Like this will explain it all. Well, and I mean, what's really funny about that is that we've had conversations out of character where we're like, wait, how are we introducing ourselves now? Do we say, do I, do I say binary? And then it just became a joke, mm -hmm. like around the table where it's like, yeah, I'm binary. And people are like, who the fuck is binary? It's like, don't even, just call me Val. It's fine. Yeah, it's, you know, at some point it was like, just listening to how Nightland likes to call what they're getting ready to do. They're playing as baby runners. Mm -hmm. um, 
So basically they all lived in the city for, or they're, they've only been running for about a, six months to a year is how we're running it. So they're what she's calling baby runners. And I'm sitting there going, you know, that's a good term for mm-hmm. starting out, just calling yourself a baby runner. Cause it, it, you don't know the rules, but you'll figure it out the hard way or you won't. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, no, it's, it's, there are definitely times where shit happens that then I go and I go, oh my God, we're all so green. This is, but we're the best be happening. We are the most sought after Shadowrun team in St. Louis, apparently. <laughs> we, we've got some heat following us. I know what my favorite run is, though. Mm. Oh, yes, tell us. The the extraction with the kid in the wheelchair and the oh, God. bomb that had the neural bomb. My God. That's actually, that's, I think that might be my favorite episode that I've ever edited. Like, I'm the most proud of that. I. I tightened that I tightened that up and it came out so nicely. Um but Which yeah that's part. The the whole run like well so the whole run was <laughs> the really whole run, the whole Okay, season. hold on. Yeah, that's like the whole first half of the season because we joked about this on my like off mic um that it took us what, 8 months? Mhm. It took us eight months to get through 36 hours in game. So that whole 36 hour run was hilarious because it was the, at that point y'all were starting to have that, you got your your groove on, you know how to be runners. And then it was the like, this should have been a fairly easy milk run. Mm -hmm. But it was like everything that can, everything that can and will go wrong did and then everything that you tried to do to counter what you thought was going to happen just made it worse so it was that like like the the wheelchair having not only just the matrix connection but the magical connection and then the strange neural bomb and it was just like the odds were stacked against you and at no point did anyone take the like I don't know like it, it at some point in that 36 hours I feel like someone should have went are we biting off more than we can chew but I think at that point I think everyone was just like all right you know it's great we're in it we're, we got to get it done well some of us were like <laughs> yeah sometimes your mom calls and you have to run one. to the hospital one of us <laughs> one of us did um, yes. Fucking. Fair enough. Jet was on mission that entire time. The entirety of us trying to extract Benny and get Dr. Zing to safety, like, get the entirety of that run, Jet was like, no, this is the fucking job, bitches. Like, you need to focus up. Meanwhile, Val's over here like, let me fucking put on this helmet and see what happens. Well, <sighs> my question is, when you all went to extract her from the restaurant, bar, whatever, I forget what it was, mm-hmm. um, the having to get through a small window in a crappy bathroom, mm-hmm. that had to have been one of my, like, I was laughing that whole time because it's like, I've had to do something similar in my own runs where it's like, all right, I have to extract this person. That window will not work. That window will now have to work. 
the yeah god the the moment from there that absolutely kills me every time was um when we like we're sitting there we're like hey let's all go to the bathroom you know trying to be cool about it and then she's like oh we're gonna have to take turns and then going oh oh no okay hang on <laughs> she she doesn't know what's going on we gotta we gotta try something else yeah i'm just waiting for you all to to break the last tenet of shadow running and making a deal with a dragon who says we haven't already this uh, is true but uh, i wait for it to be revealed because it's like I, i'm sitting there going like the the three tenets of shadow and you know it varies but it's like you know keep your gun loaded stick to the shadows and never make a deal with a dragon and i'm sitting there going i already know they've broken the first two at least i don't know depends on how many runs they do in a in a week um and i'm just waiting for that last one to drop mm-hmm. yeah i i yeah, harp that I mean, to my theme well we will we will see um again i'm gonna just point you to the dragon variation uh i think yep. that would be a good place for you to start i yeah. i might have to yeah if you want to see some real shadow running with real <laughs> shadow runners <laughs> Hey, we are real shadow runners. If, if you are surviving in the shadows, you are a shadow runner. That's true. Surviving and thriving. <laughs> I wouldn't say you're thriving yet. Hey, I, I we're doing all right. I, I think you're breaking even. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, all right. that's fair. I'll take that. I'll take that. Because, <laughs> I mean, what, in the last episode I listened to or one before that, you, you ruined two cars? One car. Uh, yeah, because one car crashed into a wall. Oh, yep. Yeah, that oh. happened. Um, yeah. I, so we've lost... Uh, there was the security van, the, the, the Rhino security van from picking up Benny. Then we yeah. lost Jet's car, and then uh, Eris just slammed into the side of a wall. Mm-hmm. Um... The Bramalam still stands. Yes, yes. This bitch is indestructible. Although it, is. it did get driven onto the lawn. Eh, just see but the lawn. It's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, I mean it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's also St. Louis. No one's gonna notice. Yeah, it's totally fine. No, it, it's it's fine. Well, I think I've kept you guys a lot longer than I actually think I ex- ex- originally intended. But this was an absolute blast. Um. So how about you tell everyone where they can find y'all? Sure. Yeah. Um, so Resting Glitchface, we're still on all uh, major podcatchers, uh, as well as most social media platforms, either at Resting Glitchface or at Resting Glitch. Um, still doing the X Twitter thing. Uh, kind of moving over to Instagram, even though the links kind of suck. And then uh, Sid runs the Tumblr account. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have, um, um, what am I thinking of? The Discord, golly, my, uh, uh the Gamers Table Discord where you can, uh, hang out with the cast, hang out with other listeners. Um, we have an RGF dedicated space for spoilers as well. So, uh, if you get updated on the shows, we do have locations for them as well in that Discord. So yeah, um, invite 
link is all over the place for us. Uh, and mm-hmm. be sure to check out our Patreon. We have one of those, too. Um, if you become a patron, uh, you may get access to episodes up to a week early, as well as additional bonus content from the uh, between the episodes. So, yeah. Yeah. I am in Gamer Table. There you go. Hell yeah, I was there looking you go. For it. I was looking for it, and I'm like, I'm trying to find it. I have a bunch of Discords I'm on, and I found you. So, yeah. It was literally in my tab with all my other Shadowrun stuff that I <laughs> I watch. Wow. Perfect. Yeah, yeah I'll, get you an, I'll get you an invite to the Scrap Pack as well, because there's a Sweet. bunch of other... And, you know, um, uh, Sinless is in there, Opti's in there, so you... You will be uh, warmly welcomed. Is that how you I, say that? Mm-hmm. I think close so. enough. Kay. I've actually <laughs> gotten a chance. I, I got to actually chit chat with Opti on the Twitterverse at some point. Me and him chatted a little bit when I had some questions about Shadowrun, and I, I, I love that man. He is like my he is he is my podcast crush. Like I absolutely mm-hmm. love everything he does and everything he does in the community he is he is up there he yeah (laughs) unfortunately shadowrun has shown that i have a lot of podcast crushes once i got into people's stories and started digging my my claws in and watching and listening yeah it'd be like that yeah but it's such a good community i i told this Mm -hmm. to sinless and i'll say it again the Shadowrun community at large is pretty friendly. Like, you know, they if you have a question, they will answer it for the most part without ridicule. Um, and especially if you're like, hey, I just don't understand this. I've seen on the uh, actual Shadowrun forums just the, you know, hey, I'm having issues building this character. Can I get some help? And people are like, oh, yeah, here's the, like... 10 ways you can build this character and it's it's nice to see that kind of community i think our community as a whole is pretty great about building each other up in the hobby i think Mm -hmm. there are you know specific individuals or uh or people that their opinions become a lot louder when they're negative but Mm -hmm. as a whole i think those of us that are in production spaces, those of us that are, you know, doing everything that we can to produce our own shows, um, I think we're all in this together. We're all wanting to support each other and make sure that we're all encouraging and just enjoying this hobby as best we can, right? Definitely. Definitely. So... If you all want to check out Resting Glitchway, blah, blah, blah. Wow, words are hard today. Mm-hmm. If y'all want to check out Resting Glitchface, I will have all of their information in the description of this episode, as well as on the website, because we put the descriptions of everything we do here, there. And I highly suggest checking them out. Even if you've never played Shadowrun, and you want to taste it and you don't want the grind that you see in some of the shows, this is one of the best in the story aspect. And it is, they say that they are the Gilmore Girls of Shadowrun. I I say they're also like the uh, Golden Girls of Shadowrun because they've got that wit and that one-liners that you will constantly have. Aww. 
I would say that um, Val is definitely Blanche then because Angel screws up her average. <laughs> well, um, I, I super appreciate you you y'all making time to uh, sit with me for an hour and plus, which was a lot longer than I told you, which I apologize for. No, hey, you're fine. that's okay. This was great. This thank you so much for having us on the show. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank for- you. Uh, reaching out, and I'm sorry that it took us so long to get things scheduled, but life is just, you know, scheduling is the the bane of anything gaming-related, so Mm -hmm. it it just... One of those realities, but again, yeah, really much appreciate to Mm -hmm. you even just reaching out, and for all of the support that you show us on the socials, like... Oh my gosh. You... I mean, that really... I know that it's... I know that it's a lot to to do that and to expend that level of effort supporting another person's show and it is not unnoticed it's not unappreciated it's actually incredibly encouraging um to see those you know self-promo saturdays or whatever um getting thrown out into the social universe and it again i we can't we can't extend enough appreciation for you doing that no, I I absolutely love doing it. I want to see everyone that puts the amount of effort that a lot of these shows put, especially y'all, like, y'all put a lot of effort into your show, and I really want, like, if I had to climb onto a mountain and scream it, I would do that too, but I'm in Texas. There's no mountains out here. <laughs> The best I can do is get onto like a, a parking garage, and even that, I might not be allowed to up on the parking garage because of security crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but no, yeah, no, you absolutely rock in this in this the storytelling. I I want to step up my game to get up to Eric's level. So, yep, one hundred percent. I I think that there are a lot of us in in our discord especially that have that level of aspiration you know mm-hmm. we've we've been spoiled by amazing gms and i just in how you're talking about your your next ap i can tell that you are like that caliber of gm i can yeah. i can already hear it that the level of dedication that you are putting into your homebrew the level of you know engagement that you're trying to have with your players even ahead of time that to me already screams that you're you're at that level and that you want your story to build to that point yeah and that's impressive the lore that you've dropped so far for us has been so sick and i'm i'm really excited to see where it goes well if you are interested i can drop you the the lore book i've got somewhere (gasps) on my computer oh my god yeah Yeah, um... sure of course (laughs) i will uh i'll drop it to y'all um i've got Three books written for it. Uh, Holy one. shit. So we have a world primer, which basically breaks down the major world or major cities with the like quick blurbs of like who's in it, what corporations are in it, what kind of security you're dealing with, mm-hmm. with the population breakdown. Um, I have the lore primer, which has like, you know, the entire slang for our team as well as like a couple custom sports that i've done and then i have a history that i've written and then without giving too much information i have a primer that is only for a very specific player 
because of what they're playing and the backstory that they have. I can't drop that one because that would give up so much more information. But I will definitely drop you uh, two of the primers that you can flip through. Oh, Good that's action. so cool. Thank you. No Thanks. problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so after this, if you stay tuned, y'all, you will get to hear their promo. And uh, definitely check them out. Again, thank you so much. I'm actually teary-eyed from what you said. I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm trying to keep voice somewhat level. It's not working. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> that's all right. See, that's uh, that's what we do. We elicit that emotion. That's, that's what the rest glitch do. face magic. It yep. is. <laughs> well, I'm gonna let you all go. Thank you again so, okay. so much. This was an absolute honor and blast to do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for Absolutely. having us. Yeah, thank you. And uh, if you ever want, I've got, I will always find a table. I will always find a chair at my table for y'all. We do have a lot of collabs planned for season two. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Don't have to twist our rubber arm too hard. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. All right. I will let you all go. Thank you again. And you all have a great evening. Yeah, you too. Yeah, you too. See ya. Bye, Dot. Bye. Twenty eighty one has been a hell of a year for St. Louis, Missouri. An astral anomaly left a two mile radius around downtown a toxic hellscape, and the residents have been left to pick up the pieces, but the hits just keep on coming. At the center of it all are the glitches, a shadow running team made up of Bianca the Face, aka Eris, Val the Technomancer, aka Binary, Joe the Muscle, aka Collateral and Jet the Sneak Thief, AKA, well, Jet. Some of us are better than others at sticking to a code name. The girls attempt to navigate the criminal elements of the St. Louis streets, all while looking out for themselves, each other, and the people they love. If you want more of the glitches, feel free to drop into the Gamers Table Discord or check us out on the socials at Resting Glitchface. You can find us on all major podcatchers or check out our Patreon. Thanks for listening.